1: learn more at marines.com
2: and what is good everyone welcome to kgw's three on three blazers my name is orlando sanchez jared cowley on my right nate Hansen on my left the one and only max bar on the ones and twos, welcome back. You are rocking with the best right now. And the Blazers get that parade going down Oh the highway, man, baby. Back-to-back you're, victories. It's on in Rip City. You're feeling
0: too good about a perfect week of picks over there. That That is uh, – I did not expect that
2: enthusiasm coming into this uh, podcast on
1: that. I think you called it, Nate. This is like 10% what the Blazers have done and 90% how well Orlando is picking these. Oh, games.
2: 100%, yeah. man. Uh, I'm just trying to add some energy to – What has been a 12 and 16 season, and uh, a couple of wins uh, against bad teams is is really the wave right now.
0: Not to mention, this is going to be our last pod in 2019. So you gotta you gotta bring up the energy. I like that you did that.
2: I mean, you may have been last chance to to do something well. You may.
0: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go. Uh, You may have been full of it there to start, but I love the energy it brought on. Let's do this.
2: I think I'll take that compliment from you, man. Uh, how are you guys feeling about the week and, and what the Blazers were able to do since the last time we met up? Same
1: uh, as always. I mean, this yeah. team is exactly what we've been saying they are for the past few weeks. They, you know, at least they're beating the bad teams now. They weren't doing that earlier in the season, uh, but they are getting blown out by any team that, you know, is a good team. And so the Blazers are what they are. They're a mediocre team, but they're kind of still fun to watch. You know, yeah. you've got, you've got some really fun players on the team to watch. So even though they're, Four games under five i I'm still enjoying the
0: season just watching this team play. Yeah, I would agree with Jared on the enjoyment factor. I think it's because, honestly, it's we, we're probably going to talk about this a little bit, but they play the starters so much <laughs> yeah. that you're, like, seeing literally Portland's four or five best guys out on the floor pretty much all the time at yeah. this point. And it's fun. To Hassan Whiteside's playing really well right now. Carmelo Anthony continues to prove that he should be in the NBA. CJ and Dame are both playing really well right now so it's kind of fun seeing those four guys play. I don't know about you guys, I like watching those four. I don't <laughs> know about I don't know about the other 3 or 4 that maybe get some minutes uh night in and night out but Those four I'm excited to see, and they've been a fun watch, yeah.
2: Yeah, just a few nights ago, that starting lineup put up 101 points. I mean, you're right. At least you're getting your money's worth on on, on watching the starting lineup. You are. You just get a little more out of that bench.
0: Hey, I said in the preseason, I don't come to watch Jalen Horde play. I'm not seeing (laughs) Jalen Horde play, so.
2: Hey, man, it it was looking promising. Yeah. You might see him out there Uh for uh, extended minutes. But, uh, yeah, here we are, the Blazers 12-16 and and on the season. Um, You guys know the drill. There's three of us. There's three questions, so there's three answers. You can catch it on KGW.com. So let's dive right into question number one, and it's that the Blazers have won seven of 11. It's easy and accurate to point that the team's favorable schedule for their improved record over the past three weeks, but aside from all of that, elaborate on something that has been going well for the Blazers during that stretch, at least enough to help the Blazers start beating the bad teams <laughs> again. We're setting the bar really high <laughs> here on this one. So <laughs> <laughs> this is such
1: a backhanded compliment. That, oh, that, like I was
0: shocked Jared came up with both of these questions again and I was like legitimately surprised <laughs> at the wording of that question because Jared's our optimism guy. He's the one who picked him to beat Denver last week, and man. Dude,
2: even based on that, we're probably still gonna be called homers. Yeah. All oh right. totally. Okay.
0: So this is what I wrote in my written answer, and I told Jared <laughs> it was my immediate reaction when I read the question last night after the game. I said when I read this... <laughs> It made me laugh out loud right there in the office with Nate sitting across from me. I said, this question reeks of desperation for optimism (laughs) for this team. Like, we're grasping at straws right now to try to be positive and and stay optimistic about what this team could be. When really, as we've said, they're just a mediocre basketball team right now. But let's go down the rabbit hole, why don't we? Let's do do it. Have some fun. I'm going to look at the last five games of this stretch, which has been since Rodney Hood has been hurt, because I think the Blazers without Rodney Hood is a different team than the Blazers when they had Rodney Hood in the starting lineup. So the best thing going for Portland in these five games is the starting lineup has continued with Kent Bazemore to be effective. Uh, Their net rating is plus 7.2 over these five games, not quite as high as the 10.1 you had with Rodney Hood. They're not as explosive offensively, but they're much better defensively, at least through these five games, uh, with that starting five. And if you just uh, look at their numbers, I mean, Damian Lillard during the stretch, 25 points, 8 assists. C.J. McCollum, 21 points, shooting 48% from the field. Hassan Whiteside, his line is incredible. 18 points, 14 rebounds, nearly 4 blocks, and 67% shooting from the field. Mello's 17.7 rebounds. Kent Bazemore has the best individual net rating of any of those guys through those five games. Mm. He's has, he has plus 10.6 net rating in those five games. So if you want to pick something, it's that the starting five is continuing to play really well. And in reality, they're carrying the load for this team. Like If the starting five struggles, the Blazers are not going to win that basketball game. The starting five not only has to be good, they have to be excellent for the Blazers to win – Games against even mediocre teams, much less teams like the Denver Nuggets. And so if you're looking for optimism, that's where I would go. But I also wonder, like, how these guys are locking lots of minutes. Can they continue to put this type of production together with the minutes they've logged? CJ's averaging nearly 37 minutes per game during the stretch. Lillard nearly 36, Mellow 32, Whiteside 31, and Baysmore's at 29 minutes per game. Like, that's a lot of minutes for your starting five. Only two other guys, Scal and Anthony Simons, have played in all five of those games since Rodney Hood went out. So basically, they're seven deep right now, the Blazers. And to me, I don't know if they can continue that production given how much effort they're having to put in night in and night out. But if you're looking for optimism and what can maybe help them moving forward, it's that the starting five continues to be effective for Portland.
1: Nate and I talked about this a little bit when we were – Uh, going over this answer before and I I actually think that the minutes are they are a a lot but I don't think it's that bad I mean if if CJ's around 36 and Dame's around 35 that's excellent for both of them and that's fewer minutes than they were playing earlier in the season and even Whiteside playing 31 I think Whiteside can play 31 minutes a game yeah and you know Melo I'm not sure if you know but he continues to defy expectations so so I don't know. I I think the starters are really good, but the bench is <laughs> really bad. But we're <laughs> yes. not talking about what's bad right now. We're talking about what's good. And I wanted to focus again on Carmelo Anthony because he continues to surprise me. Um, I enjoy watching him play so much. He's so much better than I thought he'd be. Let's just run through his numbers again: seventeen points, six boards, an assist, a steal and a half, almost a block per game, in thirty-two minutes per game. I mean, he's. He's giving the Blazers everything they need. If you think about what the Blazers were getting from the power forward position before he got here, which was oh. nothing. Yeah. And, you know, negative contribution. It just it's astounding what he's been able to do for them. He's also shooting forty one percent from three. I mean, yeah. Carmelo's just living up to far far surpassing every expectation that, that I had. Um, I think what he's done I do think his defense has been better than I expected as well, but the Blazers defense is still bad. But I think he's allowed his contributions have allowed the Blazers to be uh, a a much better offensive team, which helps them make up for how bad they still are on defense. And that's good enough. What we're seeing that that is different now with the Blazers is is that they are beating the bad teams and the mediocre teams, even though they're still losing to the good teams. And no matter what Melo does and how good this offense is, it's not going to be good enough to make up for their defense against good teams. That's why they're going to get beat and that's what's happening. But over the past 11 games, the Blazers are averaging 112 points per 100 possessions, and if you put that you know, against the season ranks, that would rank fifth in the NBA this season. So top five offense, even though their defense is still ranked around 20, you know, that's good enough to where they can at least be a mediocre team now, and maybe, like we talked about, tread water yes. until Yusuf Nurkic comes back around the All-Star break. Um, I also took a look at, I think, Carmelo Anthony, because of the gravity he has and how he attracts defenders, he's al- allowed his teammates to, to thrive, especially his, his, his best teammates. I looked at what uh, CJ, Hassan, and Damian have done since Mello got here. With CJ before Mello, he was averaging 21.3 points. After Melo, 22.7. His rebounds are up. His assists are up almost an entire assist per game. And since Melo got here, he's shooting 49% from the field versus 43% from the field and 40% from three versus 36% from
3: three.
1: With Whiteside, his points are up almost two points per game. His rebounds are up almost three rebounds per game. His blocks are up more than a block per game. And his field goal percentage goes from 58% to 66%. Dame's numbers are actually down a little bit except for his assists and with mellow getting here it's allowed dame to really run the team and be a more of a playmaker and and a point guard which has helped the blazers offense be better so for me i think the biggest difference is just getting a real nba player to plug into those power forward minutes and i am still completely on the mellow train
0: he's actually been uh decent for them defensively yeah he is. uh I mean, we all saw it in the Phoenix game. He made a couple big plays defensively in that fourth quarter. And he's just, one of the things I've noticed about Mello that goes beyond the box score is just his awareness for what's going on out on the court. You can see he's seeing things a step before most guys on the court are seeing things. I've been really impressed with that. And he's
1: communicating it. He's yeah. out there barking on defense to his teammates all the time. And the Blazers need someone like that.
2: He's a vet, man. I mean, yeah. straight up, that's, that's what you need out there. Yeah. And uh, he's delivered. As you mentioned, he's defied expectations. I mean, he's been the real deal. Um, Melo has been, I, I thought, was the easy answer to this question. But I also thought that this could be a Hassan Whiteside appreciation uh, oh. answer here. Okay, here we go. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he deserves a little we, love.
0: He does. We haven't talked about him much, but go no, ahead. And
2: and for uh, all the early you know, backlash and, and the reputation that he has – Um, I think that he's held up his end of the deal. Yeah. Um, I don't think that most people expected him to come in and replace Yusuf Nurkic, but what he's been able to do is fill in quite nicely. Yeah. Um, And you guys mentioned over this 11 games or so, but even let's just say eight games in December compared to the past two months, uh, you mentioned his numbers, and they've just gone gone way up. Hassan Whitesides have. Um, You know, third in the league in blocks. Uh, He's top five in rebounds right now. Um, Field goal percentage, he's way up there. His field goal percentage, he's averaging 18 and 14. Yeah. Like, dude. And there have been games where if he doesn't play, the Blazers don't stand a chance at winning games. And maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment and what I just saw against Golden State, but a 23-rebound performance where the Blazers – Desperately needed every single one of those rebounds uh, to win that game. Um, I just think he deserves a lot of credit, and I don't think he's getting enough of it right now uh, for what he's been able to do. And uh, it's good to see that from a dude that had so much baggage coming in uh, to seeing him deliver for this team.
0: It wasn't just baggage coming in. It was, I mean, he wasn't all that great the first month we were here, I believe, you know, three or four weeks ago, we had a podcast with a listener question about Hassan Whiteside. And I basically said the sooner the Blazers could get rid of him, the better type thing. And now I'm not, I mean, they should still trade him at some point this year, but I'm not, let's just get him out the door, you know, where I, which is pretty much about where I was a month ago. And he's, he and Dame ever and I wonder if a lot of it is health because he had a lot of nagging injuries in the preseason and training camp. I think a and lot if of he it now is finally feels a lot better and feels comfortable out there on the floor and also just gelling with Dame like yep. that took some time and Dame was on his case early in the season about not setting good picks, about not diving to the basket hard enough and there you can see their chemistry today compared to what it was you know games one and two of the season. It's two completely different worlds out there for those two guys. And so I totally agree. He deserves a ton of credit. But the reason Hassan Whiteside doesn't <laughs> get necessarily all the credit, and Jared knows where I'm going with yes, this. So my favorite play of the Blazers season happened last night against the Warriors with about a minute left in the game. Whiteside drains an 18-footer. You know, shooters roll, a bad shot to take, but it just happens hey, to go he's in. He's
2: shooting 100% yeah, this season from, from three. three.
0: Yeah, I'm aware of that. Uh, and the whole time on the way back down the floor, like the game at this point is over. The Warriors are not going to come back. So it wasn't like that big of a deal, but it just made me laugh because on his way back down the court, he's celebrating. He's got the flick of the wrist, the shot uh, motion going. The whole team celebrating. The Warriors just go 94 feet from end to end like a straight line down and get an easy layup, and Terry Stotts immediately calls a timeout. And it's things like that is what irk some fans a little bit well, about Hassan Whiteside.
2: Someone's got to get back on defense and help him out. Yeah. Because if okay. he's not playing defense, <laughs> yes. clearly yeah. it's a bucket.
0: Yeah, and there was there's no one remotely close to the paint. I forget who the <laughs> Warriors player was that got this layup, but it was just it made me laugh because it was so <laughs> funny to see him celebrating. Even Kevin Calabro like on the broadcast was kind of having fun with it as well.
2: How dare you steal Hassan's shine in a moment like <laughs> I this know. right now.
0: I know. I know. I'm not stealing a shine. Like I didn't have a problem with it. It just made me it's laugh and was one of the most fun moments of the season. Yeah. But Jared had told me he saw people on Twitter yesterday that were that were pretty upset with that Sequence sure. of effort. Terry Terry Stotts was also <laughs> upset. Yeah. That sequence of effort. <laughs>
2: oh man! Uh, all right, guys. Question number two: Buy or sell? Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum make up the best backcourt in the NBA this season. Explain.
1: All right. So I think uh, they're only competitors in my mind because Golden State gets a pass for injury this season. Yep. Uh, you've got. James Harden and Russell Westbrook in Houston. I think Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown in Boston and Kyle Lowry and, f- and Fred Van Vliet in Toronto I think are the best backcourts in the NBA along with Dame and CJ this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go right off the bat. I think that Dame and CJ are better than Walker and Brown in Boston and better than Lowry and Van Vliet in Toronto, even though I think those are both very good duos. But the reason this question kind of came up is because you guys know I am a disciple of ESPN's Real Plus Minus. I, yes. love, that. I love that stat. Their, write, their ratings always come out a little bit later into the season, sometime in December, and they finally came out this week. And Lillard is ranked 14, uh, 13th overall right now, which is about right. But I was surprised to see C.J. McCollum ranked uh, 14th mm-hmm. overall in the NBA. And in RPM wins, which is the estimated number of wins that a player contributes to their team, uh, they rank 8th. McCollum ranks 8th in the NBA, and Lillard ranks ninth. So according to RPM Wins, the Blazers have the best point guard in the game, mm-hmm. yeah, he ranks as the best point guard in the game in every one of their metrics, and the, best, the second best shooting guard. You know, yep. CJ's well behind James Harden, but he's still number two. And so I was wondering, does that mean, you know, that they're the best backcourt duo in the NBA this year because Golden State is not in the equation anymore? And so it does come down to Harden and Westbrook versus Lillard and McCollum. And though I loathe to do it,
0: oh no! Wow, Jared, I I, I have to. You hate it. James Harden. You I hate
1: know. James Harden. But just because no, I hate the way James Harden plays, and, and I. That's not him. what
0: you said a couple weeks ago.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it was just I was just trying to use fewer words. Never <laughs> forget. I also hate you know how the officials you know, treat him and, and all that stuff. But it, it doesn't mean that I don't recognize his vast ability. I mean, he's yeah one of the very best players in the entire NBA. And if you look at RPM wins, the total RPM wins for, for Damon CJ is 5.5. And Harden alone has 5.3 this season. And so Westbrook only has 0.6 because Westbrook is what he is. Yes, you know, He's an overrated Stat stuffer. I think that you told me earlier that Hassan Whiteside is the Russell Westbrook of uh, big men. Yes, he is. <laughs> I,
0: I I told Jared that that Whiteside sequence yesterday. Like that's such a Russell Westbrook <laughs> type thing to do, I, except I, for he's seven one in doing it. I love that
1: very much. But um, and so because of that, because of how good Harden is, I think that Houston's duo just barely wow. edges Portland. Plus, you know, Houston is winning games right now, and. and Portland isn't, so so I hate to do it, but I have to be fair, I think that Damon CJ finished just a swinge behind the Rockets. Wow.
2: I thought you might go Damon CJ on that. I, I really did.
1: I went, yeah. Well Jarden wasn't so, so good, I would have. Well Jared's
0: afraid to take that leap. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. They are. Damon CJ are the best backcourt in the NBA this season. Like it it a backcourt is also about playing together. Like, James Harden and Russell Westbrook are staggered quite a bit for the Rockets because of the fact that they are not good together. And so we're talking about a backcourt duo. And if I were—I just thought about it also, like, I'm taking these two players. Which would I want Mm -hmm. on my team? And if I were to take any two combination of these players, I would want Dame and CJ more than I would want Harden and Westbrook on my backcourt, more than I would want Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet more than I would want Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown. Mm -hmm. So to me, with the Warriors out of the equation, like when I initially saw the question, I thought, there's no way that I'd pick Dame and CJ. And then once I thought about it, I went through the rosters and everything, like everything for me kept saying yes, that they are the best backcourt in the NBA this season. And individually, they're both playing really well this year. Dame's having one of the best seasons of his career, which is saying something. His points per game average is the third best of his career. His field goal percentage is almost his career best. His three-point percentage is a little bit down, but close to what it's been the previous two seasons. And his assists are a career high right now. C.J. McCollum, he started off slow, but if you take a look at the last 19 games, which is now we're getting an extended period where C.J. McCollum has been very good, 23.2 points per game. If he continues that the rest of the season, that would be a career high. 4.8 rebounds per game. That would also be a career high. Four assists per game also would be a career high. 49% field goal percentage also would be a career high. And 39 three-point field goal percentage wouldn't be a career high, but it's certainly respectable. And so because CJ has elevated his play this year, Lillard has maintained his high level of play this year, I think they are the best backcourt in the NBA. I mean, I told Jared this earlier. If the Blazers were 20-8 and eight and not 12-16, and 16, CJ would be making a case for himself right now to make the all-star team. And he would have as legitimate of a case as he's had in his career. But because the Blazers are 12 and 16, of course, we're not talking about that. And so I would go with the Blazers' backcourt. I would take Damian Lillard. If all the other pieces around him were the same, I would take Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum over James Harden and Russell Westbrook, despite how good James Harden is.
2: Every now and then we get questions like these that, that you draw up, Jared, where I actually pause and and think like, huh, that, <laughs> that, that's a good one. I, I enjoyed that uh, because you kind of had to dig a little bit to see, OK, who are who are the backcourts in the league? Yeah. Who would you want on your team? Yeah. And um, Dame, Dame and CJ are right there. Yeah, they are right there. Um, and last year it was always so easy to put them second. And they should have been behind yeah, it was, it Clay was and Steph. They should be. Yeah, yeah Clay and
1: Steph were still healthy this season. They mm-hmm. still would be. Yeah.
2: And even uh, Bleacher Report had their preseason rankings for backcourts, and Damon T.J. were number one. Um, so, like, there there are a lot of reasons to pick them. But for me, I can't help but overlook that twelve and sixteen record. that's,
0: that's not if their fault, though. If, it's if, not their.
2: If you are that good, though. And so then I thought, well, okay, that maybe that's not fair. That that I hold. Winning or losing against them, right? Where did you rank? But then no. I look at.
0: <laughs> I have a player in mind, but go ahead and finish.
2: I look at James Harden, and I think to myself: If I was building a team, would I rather have Dame and CJ or Harden by himself?
0: I'd rather have Dame and CJ.
2: But yeah, but you thought about it.
0: I did, but I would still. I'm not and saying.
2: So I'm if, not saying like it was a blowout. In, if you're throwing in Russell Westbrook as a, eh, all right.
1: I don't want Russell Westbrook. I don't want, res- I don't want Westbrook.
2: I would, I would take Westbrook to, to, to have Harden. Oh. Um, and when I looked at those two guys, I thought to myself, if Dame or CJ go down, what's going to happen to this team? If uh,
0: they'll spiral out of control.
2: If, 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 um, if Westbrook goes down,
1: They'd probably be better. The Rockets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, but if Harden goes down, the Rockets are the worst team in the NBA. Yeah,
2: yeah. But they're they're still winning, and they're really good. And when I looked at wins and losses, because, like, if you look at the stats, like, Harden's are so good yeah. that even though Dame is the best point guard or arguably the best point guard in the league, and CJ's having a, a great year, like, his numbers are still ridiculous. Yeah. Like, they're so much better. Um, so – I lean towards uh, the Rockets duo as my number one.
1: For D- me, it was all about Harden. I mean, I think Westbrook yeah. is—it is...
2: It is all about ...extremely
1: Harden. overrated by by many people. And I think he actually hurts your team a lot of the time. But Harden is... Like,
2: he's that good.
1: You know, I love Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want the Blazers to ever get rid of those two. Mm-hmm. But I think James Harden is far superior to, to both of them. And, like... As much as I despise James Harden watching him play basketball, if he was on the Blazers, I would love every single thing about the way he plays basketball. You
2: have Harden tatted on your chest yeah. right now. I'd
1: be all about it, and I think that the Blazers would be better with Harden. <laughs> no, I don't know if I'd get
0: Harden. <laughs> I would love – I window. want a photo <laughs> shot. <laughs> Jared with a Harden tattoo
2: be, across getting his chest. We hands together on Baysmore Island with Harden <laughs> tatted on our chest. Oh, man. I promise nobody nobody wants to see that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's just I just it's just because man, I can't stand Harden, but he is a just an elite talent like far I, above. Yeah. I really love anyone else in the NBA. I really
2: loved this one what? because it's kind of a just a random question I thought at the time, but I think Damon CJ you can make the case for them to be number 1.
0: Yeah, and what Russell Westbrook, like the dude is shooting 22% from 3 <laughs> this year. Like that that's not even remotely close to the island of bad. And like, it's, that is complete defense, garbage. His defense is just terrible. And so let's, start, let's talk about the winning argument, though, since that was your main argument, yeah. Orlando. Yeah, man. If the Rockets were missing three starters, would the Rockets be 12 and 16, kind of like the Blazers right now? If they don't have, say, Clint Compella, and let's take two, two others of your choice, P.J. Tucker and someone else out, are you the Rockets probably 12 and 16? You don't think that Harden makes them better?
2: Harden like does make, make, them make them better, way better than... You, well,
0: no, I, if, if you took away those pieces from Harden, I think the Rockets could be 12 and 16. I think the
2: Blazers' role players are comparable. Okay. Mm. like I Clint, disagree Clint Capella. That. Clint Capella is really good, but... Yeah. Like, I'm not blown away by their, uh-huh. by and, their supporting cast. And camp. this
0: was the other... This was the name that came to my mind when you are banging on winning. Because I know you're a big Anthony Davis guy. And with the Pelicans, the dude never won. Except for the playoff series against the Blazers. But you still said you still would have taken him, you put him in the top five most years of NBA players, yeah. but he the dude wasn't him. winning with the Pelicans. Yep. So
2: I don't know But it, I would it seems like you're going back and forth I, on what I you would choose. Take, I would take Anthony Davis the same way I would take James Harden. Okay. Like
0: it's just At bonus. least you're consistent like, in that effort. I'm like,
2: Harden is that good that I'm willing to put up with whoever
0: everything whoever
2: else. His, whoever his backcourt mate is.
0: Yeah. The other thing I was going to mention, just in terms of winning, since James Harden went to the Rockets, where it's the furthest in the playoffs they've gotten.
1: Uh, have they been to the Conference Finals? Or yeah, just the
0: they they run? took the Warriors to seven oh, yeah, right, two right. years that ago. That
2: was the Chris Paul yeah, injury. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: Western Conference Finals. Yeah, where have Dame and CJ gone? Western Conference Finals. So in terms of winning, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you might be overvaluing that with Harden a little bit compare it to the Blazers. Just, I mean, yes, Harden has won more regular season games during that time, and the Rockets have, Mm -hmm. than the Blazers, but it's ultimately what you do in the postseason that you're judged by. And Damon, CJ, too, if we had this conversation a year ago, I'd be 100% on your side, because they hadn't done anything in the postseason, and they would come off a first-round sweep. But they did last year. Dame, for the second time, ended a series on a buzzer-beater shot. CJ was the reason they went in to Denver and oh, won a Game 7 in the Western Conference sem- semifinals. So, in terms of winning, just in this particular argument, I think you may be overvaluing Harden. I'm still going with my guys. I'm rocking with the Blazers.
2: Yep, man. And uh, they've got a lot more wins this year. They do, but they don't have the three starters that are hurt.
1: Yeah. Don't you think it's exceptionally close, though? Yes. I, I And mean, I, I think it's, like... If you just look at the RPM wins, like it's five point nine
0: to five point yeah, five. Exactly. So awesome. I mean
1: it's and it's all because of Harden. He has all of those RPM wins for Houston and Westbrook has just about nothing. And the big thing here is that CJ McCollum, how much he has of yes. his game this season. Yes. yes. That
0: was the biggest factor in me choosing them with CJ has been very good
2: this Especially year. Especially the way that CJ season began. Yeah. Yeah. Um he always starts slow. But, man, I was getting a little nervous for a while there.
0: It was particularly slow this season.
2: Okay. So now let's go ahead and make some predictions.
0: Okay. So we're back to reality (laughs) (laughs) from – from this hypothetical discussion. <laughs> now we gotta get back to wins and losses. Yeah. Oh and so now you're gonna put my winning to the test yeah. here, huh? Now
2: now we're about to see how much you value wins.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the season <laughs> predictions record. You value them a lot, obviously, because your season predictions record this year.
2: Twenty and eight, that's Orlando. Really good. Coming yeah. off another perfect week. One bad week though, especially the one that's coming up well, well, we'll this, you this got dynamic both in real life and our predictions yeah. for the Portland Trail Blazers.
0: Jared and I are two games back. Jared caught up to me. Uh so we're both eighteen and ten. Two games back of you. So let's uh let's do this. We got two yep. weeks of games to yep. pick from.
2: Bit, a bit of bad news for all of our listeners out there. We're gonna take next week off. Enjoy yes. the holiday. We're gonna hang out. Not a lot of us are working. So um speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of us will not be working. There you go. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and jam in a few extra predictions that will basically get us to uh, January 2nd when we plan to record our, our next podcast. So the Blazers have seven games until then. Friday, December 20th versus the Magic, who are 12 and 16. Saturday, December 21st versus Minnesota, they're 10 and 16. Monday, December 23rd versus the Pelicans, they're 7 and 22. You got to like that if you're the Blazers. Thursday, yeah. December 26th at Utah, yeah. 16 and 11. Saturday, December 28th at the Moda Center against the Lakers, who not are liking
0: that one at all. 4
2: <laughs> and 4. Monday, December 30th versus Phoenix, 11 and 16. And the last one on New Year's Day, Wednesday at New York, the Knicks, 7 and 21. You guys know the drill. Which games did the Blazers win? Which games did the Blazers lose? So, I'll start off with this one. I'm gonna say they go four
0: and three. And on paper, the, to me, the the three games I focused on were these first three mm-hmm. against the the Magic, the Timberwolves, and the Pelicans. Because on paper, the Blazers should win all three of these games. But because I don't, I still think of them like the Blazers of the beginning of the year. Yes, they did beat Phoenix. Yes, they did beat Golden State, but I wouldn't say either of those were impressive victories by the Blazers. Oh. So I kind of, I don't see any automatic wins again for this team. And I think they're going to lose one of those three games. And, you know, I'm never I'm never afraid to take a risk. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that the one they lose to is the Orlando Magic on Friday night. Uh, the Magic have struggled recently. They've lost five of six. But if the Blazers played that six-game stretch, they probably would have lost five of six, too, because the losses were to the Bucks, the Lakers, Rockets, Jazz, and Nuggets. So the Magic are a lot like the Blazers. They lose to the teams they should lose to, and for the most part, they beat the bad teams. The real question is, who's the bad team in this matchup? And I think they're, <laughs> super, great they're, they're super close. But I'm going to give <laughs> the nod to Orlando because I think they have the best shot, and I just don't think the Blazers are going to do what we think they should and win all three of these games. It just feels too good right. for this team. Uh, but they'll win the next two. They'll beat Minnesota New Orleans. Of course, they won't beat Utah or Lake or the Lakers because those teams have winning records. Uh, I'm going to say they beat Phoenix this go-around, and they'll finish it off with a win against the Knicks. Uh, they won't party too hard at Times Square the night before. They go 4-3. and three. <laughs> uh, So last week I, I took a
1: risk and picked them to beat the Nuggets because the Nuggets were struggling, and I thought that that would continue. It did not. So I'm going to go back to... The safe route here. Yep. I'm gonna pick the Blazers to beat the teams they should beat, and um, lose to the teams they should. I feel you and or- I feel them. like you
0: and Orlando colluded on Baysmore Island on these picks here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you already know, man. Yeah. You already know. Hey, you're always welcome there, man. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. We'll save you a I'm spot. Th-
1: I'm
0: still hanging out on my boat.
1: <laughs> so the fun way I decided to do this this week is just judge it by point differential, which mm. that's one of the best indicators of team success. And I'm going with the what-have-you-done-for-me-lately formula. And since the Blazers have kind of got well against a weak schedule and the schedule is going to continue to be weak for these next seven games, I'm looking at their point differential over the past 11 games, which we've talked about on this podcast, which is plus 2.2. So judging their differential against the competition's differential over the same stretch, the Blazers are going to beat the Magic, who are a negative 2 over that stretch. They're going to beat the T-Wolves at negative 5.8. They're going to beat the Pelicans, negative 10.5. Ouch. They will beat the Suns, negative 3.5, and they will beat the Knicks, negative 12. Yikes. They will lose to the Lakers, who have a plus 9.6 differential over that stretch. Utah's point differential is actually negative 3.8.
0: So are you going to do it?
1: I thought about it very hard. Yeah? But it's in Utah. Yeah. So I'm going to give the Jazz the edge here. Plus – the Blazers broke my heart last I week. Was bring, I Jazz, was gonna bring I was gonna bring that up, yeah. You
0: know. <laughs> Jerry Jerry uh, or Jared went to the cherry pie yeah, on Christmas night last week because it went so poorly. Not last week. Last <laughs> year. Last year. Correct. <laughs> but I did think about I did think
1: about picking That's the Blazers to be in the Jazz because I actually think the Jazz are more on par with the Blazers ability than they are with the teams above them in the Western Conference standings right now. I mm-hmm. think that they are a you know, decent, mediocre type team. And so, but because it's on the road, I'm going to give the uh, the edge to the home team.
0: Five and two for Jared. And I feel Orlando's coming up with the exact same thing right here. E-
2: exact same uh, picks. Until, sauce until, <laughs> <until> <laughs> weak sauce over here. Weak sauce.
0: I thought you said at some point you were going to risk it all, man. Oh, don't
2: worry, dude. It's coming, man. <laughs> That's it's wa- coming. He's
0: waiting for the new year.
1: Oh, yeah. dude,
2: it's coming. <laughs> um, but right now they're just so predictable. Yeah. 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 Uh, that I, I don't trust them to – to. here's, here's what I, where I struggled with. It was within those first three games yeah. that you mentioned. That because, they win all three of because those? Because a five-game win streak sounds a little too good it to be It does true. sound too good. My problem was I, I, I couldn't tell you which one of those games uh, I gonna, Oh, oh so you it.
0: just played it safe, huh? I did. See, I, 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 went, like, I went and chose one.
2: I was like, which game do I really think they're going to blow it? Yeah. And, and I guess the Magic are the best of those three. Yeah, I Minnesota's
0: so. Minnesota has really, really been struggling yeah. recently, and obviously the Pelicans have too. Because, a, a, a but the Pelicans did beat them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yep. So if they manage to go five and two, woo! They're back in it, baby.
0: January first, they'd be one game under five hundred. They'd probably be the eighth seed at that point. They're only what half a game half out a right game now. Out. Yeah. Yep.
2: All right. Yeah. So give me five and two, just based on their recent behavior.
0: I'm. I'm hoping you're wrong, because at some point here, I, ca- I can't keep losing one game to you. Like, I was ahead of you, and then I just, like, lose a game a week. Now I'm too back. I need to pick up one here. <laughs> and I am hoping for another perfect week from Orlando. <laughs> oh, I
1: like i like how you did that there. I like how you phrased that. Speaking of perfect, let's uh, move on from our questions to the listener questions.
3: Mm. You've got
2: mail. Hey,
0: guys.
3: Hey. Hey Max, how are you? I'm doing great. Did we
0: even let you talk in the no. intro? That's no. our bad. We
2: gave him like zero time to shine. That's don't our, have, our bad, you don't Max. Have to let me talk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's all about you. You should have just chimed in yeah, and been d- like, "Hey fools, he t- I have something to say." He tried to Who, shut us down too. Who's the we, best backcourt?
3: I thought about it. I'm gonna go off the board. I'm gonna oh. say uh, Jimmy Butler and point center Bam. Okay. Uh, <laughs> up <the> best backcourt <laughs> in the NBA. A seven, seven-foot backcourt mate. I like that. Nope. Let's get to these listener questions. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. First one comes in from AB Fogelquist. AB says, hey, guys, would having Yusuf back earlier be better, or do you think his return after the All-Star break is the right call?
0: Having him back earlier would, of course, be better, but it's not better if it's rushed bringing him back. If he's truly ready to go before the All-Star break, then yeah. Bring him when he's ready to come back. But if he's not, then wait him, then hold him until he is, whenever that day is, because the most important thing with Yusuf Nurkic is his long-term health and that he is ready to go next year and give you everything he gave you
2: last season. I know we make fun of, or at least I do, you know, management sometimes and uh, the decisions and, you know, the summer of 2016 and all of that stuff. But I think what they're doing with Yusuf Nurkic is great. They're putting zero pressure on him to to be back. And um, having him talk to the media and him still be on that same um, page with everybody of when I'm back, I'm back. And when I do return, I'm going to be better than I was. Um, That's what you like to hear. And just based on what you're seeing in progress, you like it. But for me, I'm not even thinking about this season with him. Like if he comes back. It's going to be great. It's going to yeah. be this huge part. Well, he's party.
0: definitely coming back at some point this year.
2: And, and uh, even, you know, from Dwight Jane's reporting, he's saying it's the, the bone looks healed. Like, right now it's just all about building muscle yeah. at this point uh, to handle the wear and tear of NBA games. Um, but it's kind of just a whenever he comes back, let him come back. If it's after the All-Star break, if it's way after the All-Star break, great. Um, but for me, I'm not thinking about this season anymore yeah. in terms of being a, a contender. Like, if you get a 100% Yusuf Nurkic, you're back in that championship conversation. So let it go as long as it needs to go.
1: Yeah, nothing is more important than Yusuf Nurkic's contributions in coming seasons. Mm -hmm. So wait until he's 110% before you bring him back this season.
0: I do think it is important he does play this year, though. And all indications are he he is going to. Because Paul George talked about after his injury, like, just getting some games back in, the in before you can really focus on being your who you were beforehand is really important mentally and physically for him. And just the reward, you know, he hasn't played since that injury happened in March. So if we're talking a February return, that's 11 months of not playing basketball. Yeah. Like to him, uh, just playing is yeah. going to be a huge reward and a yeah. huge boost. Uh, and so get him out there, get his feet wet get him confident that's again fair. and then go into next season ready to go. That's
2: fair because there's nothing quite like getting a run in a in a game yeah. versus practice or simulated stuff. So right. I mean that's that's good I think mentally as much as yeah, physically. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: All right, next question from Dave Earl. Why do they always fail to cover the spread?
0: Ooh, Dave's a betting man here.
2: <laughs> Don't bet on the Blazers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: We don't have like a good answer <laughs> for this one because not uh, none of us. Max, I think, throws some fifty cent bets down every now and then on some Blazers related things. I don't but mess
3: with the spread. If I'm betting on NBA, it's a money line parlay situation. Okay,
0: so uh, none of us do bet on the NBA, much less the Blazers. If they if they fail to cover the spread, Dave, just stop betting on the. Find another team to hit your wagon to, I <laughs> would say, and, and go and get that money, Dave. Yeah. Uh, I would guess the reason they failed to cover the spread is that they were expected to be pretty good this year, and they haven't been very good, so that yeah. would be my guess.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, they're so close. When I do pay attention to the spread, the Golden State game was minus 9. They won by 10.
0: Ooh.
2: Wow. Like, like that's, Those free throws Dame had at
0: the end really mattered, then, Yes, huh?
2: you're playing with fire with, with oh. the Blazers, so I, my advice would be to stay away from them.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're so – I mean, it, they have been predictable lately. But overall, when you look at the season, they've been such an unpredictable team. So I think it's been tough for Vegas to kind of pin down exactly where to put that line. And mm-hmm. if the Blazers are missing the spread, I think it's probably because of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Dave, once again, I have no clue, but I would look into betting on the Los Angeles Lakers because
1: they've been very <laughs> good this year. <laughs> I don't know if you'd make a lot of money there, but <laughs> you'd be, it's better than losing.
3: <laughs> All right, next one comes in from Greg. Can the Blazers get to 500 before the All-Star break?
1: Yeah. Mm. Yes, I think so. I mean, the way we just talked, you know, going through the next seven games, there'll be a game under 500 if they go like, you know, Orlando and I picked and two games under 500 by January 1st. And the All-Star break is another, you know, month Uh. and a half past that. So I think that, yeah, they can get back to 500 before the All-Star break. If if they just keep doing what they're doing now, which is beating the bad teams and losing to the good teams, they're going to eventually find their way back. Will they be? I don't know.
2: It's very promising. Uh, I think so, but... I would lean yes, yeah. uh, because the schedule is, is so favorable right now. Yeah. Um,
0: but, but it's not going to be favorable through January and into February right. like it has been the last couple weeks and will be for the next two.
2: Right. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'd have to look at January and February schedule leading up to the All-Star break to, to make an educated guess on that, but I'm also not going to count out Dame. Mm-hmm. You he, he's been in this situation before and brought him back, and so I'm, yeah, I, I think that they can, and I, I do
0: think they probably
2: will. To give them, to give you an answer, I, I'll go yes on that. Yeah.
0: And they are trying to win still. I mean, oh, Jason sure. Quick asked, he <laughs> has that story, he asked CJ McCollum after the Denver loss, you know, are you guys a lottery team? And CJ basically laughed in his face, said no, and walked away, you yep. know. And so this is a team, you know, even if it is just the 7 or 8 seed, I think they do take a lot of pride in having that playoff streak continue.
3: All right, next one is from Clint. That's a good question, by the way. Yeah. yeah, good question, Greg. Clint says, I'm really liking the play of Whiteside. What are the chances he will finish out the season here? And if he is traded, is that our season? Clint thinks it is. He says, I think it is until we get our bigs back, because rebounding is our weakness right now.
0: Clint is right about that. Rebounding is a weakness, and losing Whiteside uh, will undoubtedly uh, be a detriment for them improving in that aspect. But will he finish the season out here? I, we talked about this last week. Yep. Like, If the Blazers are going to win a championship in the next two to three seasons, which is their goal, they have to add talent to this roster. And the best option for them to add talent is by making a big trade or two and one of those trade pieces available is Hassan Whiteside. You cannot just let him walk. And when you bring Yusuf Nurkic back, you won't need Hassan Whiteside. So go and trade him. Yeah, I think that if Yusuf Nurkic
1: is coming back around the All-Star break, then that lines up nicely for Hassan Whiteside trade by the you know February trade deadline. Yeah, and. I don't think they can trade him until then, if they want to be able to continue to tread water until Nurkic comes back. Because I think if they did trade him and they didn't bring back a center, I mean, they would be in a lot of trouble.
2: Yeah, I th- I, I do think that the the first part of that question is no, he's not going to be here. Yeah, um, that that is the piece. Yes. To getting that free agent or that player or you know, high high caliber player to to come to Portland. Like yep. that is your ticket. That is a big piece to that. So, um, I think it's all building up to a Hassan Whiteside trade.
0: And you gotta that's another reason why you gotta respect what he's done right. especially over the last month with Portland. Granted he's looking out for himself too. It's it's a contract year for him. Yep. But he knows like the odds of him staying with the Blazers for the entire season are probably slim. Yes. And but he's still going out there, playing hard, uh, working well together with his current teammates right now. And you got to give him some credit for that because that can't be an easy thing to handle knowing that you're, you're not long-term investment for this team. Yeah.
3: Next question comes in from friend of the pod, Matthew, the Reverend Romulus. Oh! Man. Welcome this, back to the show. This is a good one from Matthew here. He says, which former Blazer role player would most help the current team? And he gave us
0: some exceptions here. Uh, Not Bill Walton. uh, Clyde Drexler, Brandon Roy. And LaMarcus Aldridge. So you can't pick any of those those four. Those Those are stars. stars, But he just wanted to make sure we didn't go that route. You can't pick any of them. I know who I thought of immediately when I saw this question. And it's a recent role player. But I think Wesley Matthews would be great on the Blazers. Uh, He's a legit 3 and D player. Uh, He's come back nicely from his injury. I know he was struggling a little bit earlier this season, but I would would love to have Wesley Matthews on this Blazers team, a team that struggles defensively and needs any type of shooting and offensive production they can get. I think he would be a great fit on this team.
3: Mm.
1: I thought about Jerome Kersey, and I I, I kept thinking about what's their biggest weakness, and right now I think it's small forward. Jerome Kersey was one of the best role-playing small forwards, you know, of his, of his era. Um, but I think that I'm going to go with Nick Batum. If we're talking about players in their prime, when okay. they were role players for the Blazers, Nick Batum is a, a very versatile defender. He was a good three-point shooter, and I think that he would just fill so many weaknesses for this team and, and help them be a lot better.
2: Myers Leonard. All right. <laughs> no, no, you're um, not going with that. No, um, <laughs> the hammer. I, I, I wish I would have, have given this some, some serious thought, but, like, these might be too good of players, but the first player that, that I thought of was, like, a Scottie Pippen. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Then, and then a, a Rasheed Wallace, like, those type of guys. Um, that was Those were my initial thoughts. But um, I'll, I'll roll with what you guys are going with just because I really didn't think about it beyond, beyond like, star players and good players. But uh, Sheed would be great right now. Not probably oh. not dealing with with the uh, media, but <laughs> uh, you know having him on the roster would be pretty dope. Would he
0: let it be Dame's team if Rasheed Wallace was on the roster?
2: Yes. Yeah, I think
1: so. You think yeah, so? He never I really th- wanted to be the man. D- okay.
2: Dame would handle so much of that that yeah. he didn't yeah. want to do. Okay. Yeah.
1: I also thought about Buck Williams because mm. even though Melo has filled the the four spot well for the Blazers, Buck Williams with his toughness, is rebounding, his defense. His ability to score in the post, I mean, those are a lot of things that the Blazers need at that four spot, so he would be great.
3: All right, last question from Kimmy Goat. (laughs) When will Neil improve our god-awful bench? (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, it's wrong that no, their that, bench is terrible. It is bad. Yeah, That's well, why.
2: What is up with your boy Anfernee? Dude, they he had the bench figured out with I,
0: him. I was telling them they had the bench figured out. With, was it. with him in two injuries he was, ago. He was averaging
2: uh, thirty a game off the bench. Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: Jared and I were talking about this, and he really is struggling right now. Because yep. I, when I was doing my dive into what players have done since Rodney Hood's been hurt, Anthony Simons, while well, Bazemore had the best net rating, which surprised me. Uh, Simons easily, far and away, had the worst. It was like negative 20 net rating over the last five games. And I think it's just part of the growing pains. Um, Because it wasn't last week we th- we were back on the Anthony Simons bandwagon. We were like, he's played three or four games well. Mm-hmm. You know, he's figured it out, come out of the funk, and now he's just dipping right back into the funk. And, so, and the problem with Anthony Simons is if he's not scoring, then he doesn't give you much else at this point in his career because he's so young and so raw. The Blazers are banking that he gives them bench scoring. And so I think last night what was he like 0 for 5? Yeah. Like when he has nights like that, yeah. he's not really contributing much. He hasn't played defense, can't play defense, in, you know, since high school and he's really struggling on that end of the floor right now being exposed. Uh, so when will Neal improve the bench? That was the question uh in the offseason. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to live with this yeah. for the rest of the year. Like this is what they are.
1: It could be the off season. The other thought I had about it is, what if none of these star player trades work out for and when they're shopping us on Whiteside? What if they don't want Kevin Love and his contract? What if, you know, other players aren't available? Um, what if they don't want to take the the risk of Gallinari leaving after the season? Could Olshey at that point look to trade Whiteside for? two or three role players that would improve the depth of this team, not only this season, but also going forward next season. I mean, Olshay said, and maybe it was just lip service, like we talked about last week, but he said next season the starting lineup is going to be Dame, CJ, Hood, Collins, and Nurkic. And if he really thinks that that is a championship level starting lineup, then building up the bench Using Hassan Whiteside as a trade piece might be a way he goes if he can't find the star player he wants. Doesn't in that, that trade. feel
2: like such an old Shea move? Yeah, yeah, it you feels know, to very go back to the bargain bin. I, I'm gonna
0: tell you right now, if he does, if he does that at oh the trade man. deadline, Blazers fans have a right to be pissed. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. would just be—you're un- not gonna win a championship by building more role players around the roster you currently have. The Blazers are not gonna win a championship yeah, that way.
2: Man, that's a gr- that's a really interesting discussion. Uh, because
0: the, the
1: alternative <laughs> is you let like I Side contract come off the yeah. books mm-hmm. and don't get anything out of it this off season.
2: That's yeah. going to be painful if if it did. I happen. would
0: rather him make the move for role players versus letting, letting White Side walk. walk. That's the worst. But that's the worst. Like just thing. the idea you bringing that up like that has my blood boiling yeah. right now. I couldn't All even right. imagine if I was like a diehard. Twitter, Rip City community, Blazers fan, like, and that happens. But consider it like this:
1: I mean, do you think that Dame C.J. Hood, Collins, and Nurkic, no, with a deep bench, no, is at least a championship contender? No, not at all. No. But if they had Kevin Love in the starting lineup, they would be.
0: They'd be closer.
1: Hmm. I don't Uh, know. I don't know how
0: I feel on that one.
2: Yeah, I, I. They're there. They're a Western Conference Finals team right with with last year's Not, roster you know yeah so but
0: the west is i mean the the depth of the you, west isn't as good this year but the top is better right. this are you, year are
2: you going to beat like, say, the lakers and clippers and the warriors next and year the warriors next year with
0: that starting 5 there's
2: no way you need another threat yeah you need another scorer a guy that you trust in crunch time a star yeah yeah they've got to do something like this this has been 20 summer of yeah. 2016 it's in the co- making. Yeah. This move here.
1: Because they won't have another chance after this. I no. feel
2: like I feel like old Shay just made this move because of you. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're now we're already angry at <laughs> having <laughs> this <was> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are already fired up. It <laughs> hasn't
0: even happened yet. Although at least we at least we now know what day is the date the trade deadline, February sixth. Yeah. At least we now know what our podcast is gonna be like after February sixth. Because what Jerry just <laughs> described, like uh. may be the most likely scenario of what happens. And people here are gonna be upset and they should be.
1: They would be upset, but I do think I mean, I think we're still if Yusuf Nurkic is back to what Yusuf Nurkic was and continuing to improve because he was young, we underestimate how good he is. I mean, he's a top 20, top 30 NBA player in my mind. Mm -hmm. And now we're looking at CJ as potentially a top 20, top 30 NBA player. So you have, you know, a top 10 player, two top 30 players, you know, an improving young player in Zach Collins, a good young player, or a good, you know, small forward in Rodney Hood. And then if you actually have a deep bench, so – I mean, the Blazers' starting lineup every season outplays other starting lineups. And then the bench comes in and they give the lead away. So if they have that starting lineup next season and a legitimate bench Mm -hmm. that wouldn't give away
0: these leads, maybe. I mean, they could be the one seed in the regular season, but they would not win a playoff series against a LeBron-led Lakers team that were a LeBron and AD-led Lakers team like the one they have this year. Yeah, that might be true. All right. To answer the question, we don't know when they're going to improve the <laughs> god-awful bench. It's who,
2: bad. Who, who asked that question that, again? Who that, Ki,
3: Kimmy, does that answer your question? Kimmy, really?
2: don't do this to <laughs> us. All right? We were all having a good day. You heard my tone at the beginning of this podcast, and now we've entered a very dark place. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'll, <laughs> take, I'll take the blame for yeah. this. I, this yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, think, I think this was Jared's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kimmy. We're triggered right now. Yeah. Jared, it's your fault. <laughs> all right, Jared, <laughs> what,
3: let people know what our email address is if they want <laughs> to submit a question. Yeah. Yeah, if you
1: want to submit questions for listener questions, email us at 3on3blazers three three at gmail.com. And also catch us on Twitter. You can We send out you know feelers on Twitter for questions before the podcast, but you can send us a question on Twitter whenever you want, and we'll store it away for the next week's pod. Mm-hmm. You can reach me on Twitter
0: at Jared Cowley.
3: At Orlando KGW.
0: At Enhance underscore KGW.
3: I am at Max N. Barr, and I have a question. Are we ready for Rip It? Oh. Yes! <laughs> it's so great to be back that Nate is dancing in the <laughs> studio <laughs> to the music. <laughs> Great to be back with another week of Rip It. I La- love Rip It music. Like every after oh, who every doesn't? podcast gets, I have it stuck in my head. We went from
0: we went from hyped to <laughs> angry. We're hyped again. We're in the good positive <laughs> back, mood baby. just like that. We're I, back. That's what Rip
3: It does for you. Yep. Until you, lose. <laughs> well, last week Jared finally won yep. his first Ripit title of the season. Thank yep. you. Yep. Enjoy Congratulations, it. Congratulations, Jared. And he Thank was you.
0: feeling good. Luckily, he wasn't here. He was remote, so he had to celebrate at his home.
3: Yep, <laughs> yep. I think you said I'm pretty. I pretty much think I'm incredible right now. <laughs> 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 was, did it I, quote? was it I really? <laughs> that sounds like something I would say, <laughs> not <does> you. <laughs> it does sound very native.
2: <laughs> uh, so let's
3: find out how you did last week. Let's get to the recap.
2: <laughs> That's great.
1: Oh man,
3: we're going back to that Nuggets game. First question: Who will make the most three pointers? Carmelo Anthony, Gary Harris, or Anthony Simons? Oh, Jared and Nate. Went with the hot blazer at the time, Simons. Yeah, that, that. Orlando, oh, no. you went three to the dome. Oh yeah, Mello. Oh. Nobody got it. It was Gary Harris. Yeah,
0: he uh, yeah. he had a couple right off the bat. I
2: think he. Had oh, he did right. Yeah. He finished the game. with what four?
3: He had three. Three. He, made, he was three for six. Carmelo was two for five. Simons zero oh for three. You were right oh.
2: there, Mello. Come on.
3: Almost had it. Next question: Same game was over under nineteen and a half points for Nikola Jokic. Jared went under. That's Orlando and Nate went over, and he scored 20 points. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> On uh, the board! Oh. I thought he had scored
0: way more than that Why because of how that. easily they had won. I forgot well, how many he scored. Well, let
3: me set the scene for you. Ooh. He, The game was over. Denver cool. had the ball, but they were going to get a shot clock violation. Jokic was sitting on 17 <laughs> points, and he just <laughs> tossed uh, up. Oh, <laughs> tossed a bad beat for Jam! That is a bad beat. That's yes. a bad beat right was, there. This was like a one-legged just like <laughs> toss it up there, and it was a swish. Nothing but net. To give him 20 points. The that Joker. Is, that
2: is the definition of a bad beat right there, At man. At the uh, shot clock buzzer. Oh. I do not yeah. feel incredible anymore. <laughs> that, was, that was a rough one. <laughs> we're on the board, Orlando. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. Here.
3: Nonetheless. Nate and Orlando got it. So, Blazers at Suns. The question here, more points, Dame or Devin Booker? We know it was Dame because Booker didn't yeah, even I suit up. Yeah, I think I went Booker, man. I think I did. I think
0: it. I only went Dame because both of you picked before me <laughs> and picked right. Booker. That's yeah. right.
3: Nate was the only one to say Lillard, so Nate gets that,
0: that one. Oh, all right, man. here we go. Oh Come on, on now. Come on. Give this me a second like rip at it win it's this what
2: year. That's we get for picking against Dame, man.
3: Dame <laughs> had 27 points, by the way. That's a good outing. We move to the Warriors game. Question here. Most rebounds. Kent Bazemore, Glenn Robinson the third, or Alec Burks? Jared and Orlando were waving the flag on Bazemore Island. Yeah, that's right. Well, Nate, you went with Glenn Robinson. The third. The third. <laughs> and you were all wrong because oh, Burks oh. finished with the most <laughs> rebounds. He had six. We all saw that. Yeah, Alec Burks, of course. Robinson had four. Bazemore with only one rebound. Oh, yeah. Better. Uh, Do better. Do better. pick there. it up, Baze.
2: Yep. Come yeah, on.
0: That, that, that island's floating come in on. the distance. Barely see you guys out there. Nah, he's fine.
3: <laughs> and that brings <laughs> us to the wild card question of the week, which was which team, Nuggets, Suns, or Warriors, will score the most points oh. against the Blazers? Jared and Orlando went with Phoenix. Mate, oh, you went with the Nuggets. Oh. Now, this the spread between all three of these teams was a total of four points. Oh, oh no, this is so <laughs> close. It's not the Warriors. Denver scored 114. Phoenix scored 110. Ah. And the Warriors scored 112.
2: Oh, oh yeah. No. That's what we're saying. Oh. So Nate
3: gets it, which means Nate Hansen gets another Rip It title. Three out of five for Nate. Orlando, you got one. Jared, a goose egg, coming off his rip it. Wow,
0: someone's a little and overconfident down. over Whoa. there, man. I told you. Wow. So you know what that means <coughs> for the season standings here, fellas, we right? Just took the lead. I'm uh, the only one with two outright rip it wins this year. And before we move forward, what was my goal entering the season?
3: Don't, we don't remember. Oh, <laughs> you guys are mean. <laughs> you guys are mean. Is anyone else listening right now? <laughs> I, I kind of just tuned it well, out. <laughs> I, I,
0: know, I know Matthew, the Reverend Romulus' kids, <laughs> the kids, are listening kids right now. They're big fans. Right yep. Yep. Uh, so ticker, ticker my radio. goal, to answer my own question, since <laughs> you guys had to be jerks like that, <laughs> uh, was to win Rip It this year because I did so poorly last year. And uh, – Another step closer to that goal, there. Well, my congrats friends.
2: on that. We close out 2019 with a Nate Hanson. <laughs> Dude, so not
0: victory. only did that Jokic shot matter for Jokic, it mattered for the Nuggets, right? And that how many total team points thing. Like, if right, Jokic they doesn't they make they yeah. that three, yeah. the Warriors yeah. would have scored oh, exactly the most right. The, the, double, uh, the, the Warriors would have dropped the most points. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Jokic. That got me two of my three. That shot.
3: Yeah. That was a Joker ultimate garbage three-pointer. He's
0: my new favorite player for the week.
3: <laughs> All right. What do you say we move on to this week's <laughs> yes, game? Please. Orlando's, Orlando's begging for oh. it. Well, guys, you know, it's a special time of year. Yeah. Oh, yes. And it's also a special time of year for Rip It. I'd like to welcome you all back to the Rip It Holiday Spectacular. Oh, I forgot you did this last year. We did this last year. It was a rousing success. It's back, baby. (laughs) So we're going to jump around the schedule a little bit, but we're going in chronological order. We are starting with Blazers versus Pelicans on December 23rd. The question here is, who will give his teammates the most gifts and finish with more assists? Rhymes. Will it be Damien Silent Night Lillard, <laughs> <laughs> or Drew Happy Holiday? <laughs> Drew
2: Happy Holiday. That's what do you What do you think,
3: Jared? Uh, More I'll go, assists. I'll go with Dame. All right, Orlando.
2: I picked against Dame, and he made me pay. Uh, I am not going to be the Grinch. I'm taking Dame.
3: <sighs> I love it. He's in the holiday spirit, mate.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's make it a clean sweep for our man. Uh, I trust a vote confidence for Dame on
3: Christmas,
2: dollar baby.
3: Although Drew Holiday, yeah, I mean he he's played the Blazers well. Yes, he has. He has. We're moving to Blazers at Utah on December twenty sixth. Who will stuff more stockings and finish with more blocks in this game? Hassan White Christmas Whiteside, <laughs> or Rudolph the Red Nose Gobert? Oh. <laughs>
0: This is a really good question because they're like two of the best in the league.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to start it? I'll I'll take Whiteside. All right. Orlando?
2: Oh, the uh, Whiteside appreciation continues. I
0: will go with uh,
3: Gobert. Oh, Jared, pleasing jazz fans
2: everywhere. He's trying to win the jazz fans over. Look at that.
3: All right. We are moving on to Blazers versus Lakers on the 28th. Which Laker will deck the halls of the Moda Center with the most boards? <laughs> Is it LeBron, Jingle Bells, James, <laughs> Dwight, Ho-Ho, Howard, or JaVale, Santa Baby, McGee? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love how none of these are blazers <laughs> for this question. <laughs> yes. They're all Lakers. Most boards. Most boards. We've got LeBron, Dwight, or JaVale. What do you think, Jared? Uh, LeBron. <laughs> all right, Nate. Jingle bells, baby. Jingle bells, James. Orlando? Yeah,
2: jingle bells. All right, (laughs) jingle all the way.
3: That's great. Blazers versus (laughs) Suns on December 30th. The question here, which player will get hot and light the menorah candles on the final (laughs) night of Hanukkah? Oh, (laughs) wow. By making the most three-pointers in this game. Will it be Carmelo Anthony, Dario Saric, or Kelly Oubre?
2: What was, I don't remember most Three pointers. One, most three pointers. menorah. <laughs> the last day. Yeah, the last day. Come <laughs> you, on now. You, you rocked me with that, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> since we're so high on CJ, I'll take CJ right now. CJ <laughs> is not it. <a, laughs> CJ is not <laughs> one of the choices. <laughs> he, shook, <laughs> he shook me
3: with that. Like, who are my options? You got you got Carmelo. Who? Kelly Oubre or Dario <laughs> Saric. Uh, I'll take I'll take Dave.
2: <laughs> I think that's a, <laughs> a rip. Sit. rip it first. It I have I have checked out. Orlando
3: checked is out. shook.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give me three to the dome, baby. All right, three to <laughs> the dome. He's going with mellow again.
3: I love it, Nate. What do you think?
2: Uh, I'm gonna take Oubre.
1: All right, uh, I like it, Jared. Uh, I'll, that's go with, great. I'll go. with I'll go with mellow. Okay.
3: CJ! <laughs> 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 After he had repeated it. <laughs> uh, it's the, it's the Rippett it Holiday Spectacular. Yeah. Dude, these are so good. Yeah, obviously, someone's not working a ton the rest oh, of the year. Checked <laughs> <laughs> <man>. out, man. <laughs> All right, final question. Blazers at Knicks on New Year's Day. Whose New Year's resolution will be to score more points in this game? Will it be Alfred, elf-on-the-shelf, Peyton? <laughs> <laughs> Or Kent, Basie, it's cold outside baseball. <laughs> 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 well, I, you, I know you guys have to oh pick, yeah, right? <laughs> you on the island?
2: Oh, we never left, baby.
3: Okay, Jared, you on the island still? Yeah, I'm going with Elf on the Shelf. You going with oh! elf, on the <laughs> elf on the Shelf. He is off the island. <laughs> yeah, He's made a raft. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah he's joining think? my boat over here. Yeah, we're going to have lots of Elves on my boat. Oh, that's good stuff. You going with the Elf?
3: Yeah. All right. I that enjoyed wraps this so up much. the rippet holiday was awesome. Spacey, spectacular it's
0: cold outside actually That's i wish lebron james's nickname was jingle bell <laughs> james way more <laughs> than king so james good. that is so much Dude, better that, that is the best Max. collection
1: of nicknames i've ever heard it took me a little while <laughs> that but it was amazing i'm glad you enjoyed it lebron jingle bell if Bells. there's anyone still listening i hope you enjoyed <laughs> yeah. the rippet holiday spectacular so good all right guys
0: let's bring it home wow, wow. so this is this is it for the year yeah man yeah. So thank you to everyone who's been listening. uh, We appreciate all of you. And have happy holidays. Yes, absolutely. We'll enjoy ours, and hopefully the Blazers will win some games. Jared won't be drowning himself in cherry pie, (laughs) and we'll come back feeling
2: good in 2020. We'll try and be better in 2020, baby. I'm still
1: going to be eating cherry
0: pie. (laughs)